Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to Fire in the Belly. Today we have myself, Mighty Pete, and we are joined by the Scott McGimsey. McGimsey, good afternoon. Good, good morning, I should say, even. Thank you so much. Good morning. How are we? Wonderful, wonderful. And how's yourself? Welcome to the, the podcast. Thank you so much. Um, it's an absolute honor to be here, first and foremost. Um, yeah, thank you so much. And I enjoy it. I'm looking forward to seeing what the, the chat comes off. And yeah. Perfect. Well, tell us, Scott, tell us who are you? What do you do and where are you from? My name is Scott. I am from Belfast, originally from Newton Arge. Um, I am a health and lifestyle coach. Um, and yeah, uh, that is me. I've got a dog. I've got two cats. Um, yeah. Pay way too much rent. And yeah, love and life. So tell us a health and lifestyle coach. What what is that involved in? So basically, um, I came to it from, I was in foster care from, from four, um, right up until 18. And fitness is what I was real good at. Um, it was the only real positive in my life for a long, long time. And so what I decided to do was I really, really wanted to help people. So I kind of bounced about from job to job and worked with the care industry, the security industry, and I didn't really feel fulfilled. So I decided to become a personal trainer. And when I started off, it was all about like weight, uh, weight loss and muscle gain and stuff like that. And just like the generic kind of PT stuff. And then I decided that I wanted to give back to the people that number one had helped me and people who are struggling right now. So I started to get into a lot of personal development. I started doing a lot of courses. I started to um, really dive deep into what my purpose was. And then from that, the Bend Don't Break program was born. So that was launched last September. Um, and it has been absolutely amazing. And um, so what we do is we look at the emotional needs, the, the mental needs, and also the physical needs of the people that come onto the program. And we help them elevate and raise their standards in every single area of their life. Um, and it's been massive that the, we've helped hundreds of people. And the impact that we have had has been astronomical. So that is a little bit about what I do. So on that, you were saying, so you, and you put your title in there. So it's the Bend, Don't Break program, right? So what, where did that come about? What was that all about? So the Bend, Don't Break program came about basically... My training style is a little bit different than normal personal trainers. So I would focus a lot on range of motion. So increased range of motion through muscles, uh, muscles and joints, and ligaments and tendons and stuff like that. So it was always down to um, including that flexibility aspect into my training and into my members training. So I would have got a people with a lot of back pain, a lot of hip pain, knee pain and things like that. And adding that in has help them massively to number one get rid of it or avoid surgeries or whatever it may be which has been amazing so that's where the kind of band aspect came from physically um and by doing that as i said they avoid the surgeries they get out of pain and they live a more fulfilling life and um, so that's where bando break came from in the physical aspect mentally 
there's constant pressures in life. There is constantly things that stress us out, that push us to their limits, that make us feel that we want to give up. And I, I mean, I was a testament to that. There was four different times where I was literally five minutes away from just canceling and, and tapping out. Um, and it was the people around me that supported me and, and gave me that hope and saw my potential. And that's the kind of mental part of it as well. So I wanted to do something that was done for me that I had learned from to help other people. So Bando Break was born. So it's, it's basically our, our kind of motto is learning how to bend under the pressures of life and never break. Well, and that's, as you say, that's a, that's personal to you, right? That's, that's been your own motto. That's been your own set of values and beliefs that you've evolved, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it has been a crazy journey and there, there came a time where I did a lot of soul searching and I was like, there has to be a reason why all the stuff that has happened in my life has happened. There has to be a reason. And I can't have done all this for just that's because that's the hand that I've been dealt. And it has been, it has been extraordinary and it's it's been challenging and it's been you know I've spent a lot of my life in fear and and really angry but now I've came to a place where I know what my purpose is I know who I want to help I know exactly the direction that I want to take band don't break and I'm changing lives while I'm doing it and yeah it's it's amazing well it's it's it is, it's great I mean that you've come to that point you know and Tell me, I mean, let's let's go in. I mean, what what does fire in the belly mean to you, Scott? What, what's it all about? I want to give people hope. I want to give people inspiration. And some people would see, like, I constantly get, oh, you're just a personal trainer. Like, why do you do all of this? And the reason being is I could have said, oh, they're just a social worker. Why are they doing that? Why are they going above and beyond? Why is, you know, why do people see something in me that I don't see in myself. So my mission and my goal and the reason why I'm on this podcast is to give somebody hope. Someone might be listening to this and going, do you know what? I don't know what to do right now. I don't know what direction I want to go in. I feel uncomfortable in my body. I, I hate how I'm living. I can't look at myself in the mirror, whatever it may be. And I'm here to tell you that we have a full community there that is ready to support, guide and educate you to become your very best. And that's, I mean, that, that's for you. That's your passion, right? That's is that your purpose in life? Do you think? I mean, are you at that stage of knowing what your purpose is? Yeah, I know exactly what it is. I mean, I have a I have an eight year old daughter, um, and I constantly do a lot of reflection. I'm like, what was I doing when I was eight? And you know, the contrast is night and day. You know, and I want to show her that absolutely anything is possible in life. Um. Me, I didn't go to university or anything like that, but I've set up a very, very successful business. And as I've said, we're helping change people's lives every single day. And I mean, my purpose is just to, when I'm on my deathbed and I look back that I don't have any regrets, that I know that I tried my best to help as many people as I could. And that anybody that knew me knew that I was a leader, knew that I was a positive outlook, outlooking kind of person who always, number one, demanded more of themselves, but cared regardless of who you were, where you came from, what your background was. I want to, I want people to remember me in that 
not for how much money I have, not for how many you know clients I have or the car that I drive, but but for the person that I am. Wow. For you going, you know, I suppose in that journey, are, would you say, are you driven now by positivity or are you driven by, you know, the, there's, there's two sides, right? Because some people say, you know, and for some people, their voids are their values, right? So if they've had a hard upbringing, as you've, you've alluded to, you know, they're saying this, listen, I'm doing this, so this never happens again. Whereas other people might say, well, listen, my values just are, right? My past is my past. It's my, it's, it's. It's the fact, it's the story, and it's gone, right? So, I mean, where would you be at? I mean, is it your fuel or is it just... I mean, for for many years, I was, you know, I was fueled by almost desperation. And that desperation and that fear kind of allowed me to hustle, in inverted commas. So I always put in the hardest work. I was always, like, relentless in what I did. And that got me to a certain point. And then I hit, like, a glass ceiling. So at that point, I was like, I'm tired. I'm, I have no energy. I'm stressed out. I've got more business than I know what to do with. And at that point, I was like, I need to change and operate from a place of pleasure and possibility. And that's exactly where I'm operating from now. So I don't take anybody on that I can't help. I don't take on more people than I feel that I can handle. And I, I you know, I make a comfortable living helping those exclusive amount of people, not exclusive, but that's just that certain amount of people. I don't overstretch myself. And by me doing that, it allows me to see into the future and it allows me to keep that that focus and that drive and that ambition and not feel burnt out, you know, hating my life, really tired, whatever it may be. So yes, to answer your question, I did operate from a place of fear for a long, long time. And then there came a point where I was like, do you know what? I love what I do. Why am I so stressed about it? So then I changed my thinking and I did a lot of, I actually took a couple of weeks off and I was like, look, I'm just going to sit with my thoughts, understand what I want and where I want to go and take it from there. And it's been, it's been monumental and like the change in my mindset and, and things like that. What was little Scott like? Who'd we have met if we'd have met little Scott? God. Um, most people said I had ADHD, undiagnosed ADHD. I was a, no one's ever asked me that before. Um, so in different situations, I acted differently. So yeah, it, it depended what, and that, that's what I learned over the years to become a bit of a chameleon and um, to protect myself. But young Scott, he was fun, outgoing, hyper. People would have described me as super hyper. He had no fear and yeah, he would have, he would have stopped and he would have talked to anybody and probably a bit rude sometimes. Yeah, I was just a, well, up until a certain point, I was just a happy happy kid who did who didn't really understand the magnitude of what was going on in his life but yeah that's what i remember of me but if you ask my brother he'll probably tell you a very different story <laughs> it's always the way right you know brothers will tell you tell you what you need to hear but i mean for you i mean what what was the you know what did little scott want to do when he grew up what was what was his plan i wanted to be a marine or a power ranger or whatever um but yeah, I always, I seen myself as the the kind of action man that I wanted to go out and live dangerously and, and do all the stuff that, you know, the parkour stuff and the gymnastics and all that kind of stuff. So I was just, I was a very, very hyper, probably understimulated kid, to be honest. <laughs> Did you say, I mean, the ADHD thing, has that been diagnosed or is this just a, a gut feel or it's just a... No, like it's just been, it's been, um... People have just said it in the past because I would have previously a really short attention span. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if I'm not stimulated and if I'm not like engaged in what I'm doing and I just switch off um, and I'm like, yeah, I'm bored now. But 
I don't think I have ADHD. I don't. I don't think maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Do you, I mean it's interesting because I have been diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia myself. You know, so it's always interesting. And I was only diagnosed a couple of years ago, and I'm 42 now. So, um, I don't know. It's it's interesting. People say it's just a label, right? As well. I mean, it's it's you know you can take from it what you want to. Um, but also I think this, it's clear there's many factors, right? You know, there's everything from, as you said, it's not being stimulated enough. It's maybe lack of sleep. Maybe it's a disruptive background, right? So it's, you know, it's, it's a bit of everything, right? You know, because as you said, you use the word chameleon, which I think is, is interesting, you know, that did you find that you had to be that chameleon to survive? Was that, was that part of the... I was more of a chameleon to, for two reasons. So people didn't ask me questions and also to protect myself. So it's, it comes down to the, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You know, that, that typical, we're going through a period now where a lot of men are coming out and talking about their feelings and stuff like that, which is absolutely amazing. Um, but I think there should be something for children there as well, that, that the people, you know, when a child says they're fine and they don't really understand what's going on, but they know something's up, I think there should be more done for that. And, the, you know, the people in the, in the past that had helped me, they, they were fantastic. But I just didn't really feel that at points in my younger years, I didn't feel that I was, I was listened to. The other side of that was I would have got very angry and I would have got, I would have like scared a lot of people off. And the reason for me doing that was if I was the scary guy and I was the, the kind of hard lad, then people were less inclined to come into my world. And I didn't have to tell people about what was going on and things like that. I didn't have to explain myself. That's the best way to put it. So yes, in different situations, I had to adapt how I spoke to people and how I acted. And over the years, that kind of became just a habit. Um, but I mean, it's, it's from those learned behaviors. It's from those experiences of not knowing what you're, what you're involved in. I'm doing your best to to make sense of the situation. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's just how I've survived almost. Um, and it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, looking back, I mean, what 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 did Scott need? I mean, what do you what do you now? What have you learned from that process? I suppose, and what what can you bring to others? I guess, like from, and now I'm just speaking about my like my younger age, like from so basically my. My parents, they passed, one passed in 2003, one passed in 2009. And you didn't really understand, you, you, you know, you had from the, the foster carers and the, the social services, you know, you had them, you knew that they weren't going anywhere because they were like, leg, not legally, well, yeah, probably legally obligated to look after me. Um, so you knew that you could push the boundaries. But what I needed at that time was... Have you ever heard of Voipik? No, I don't think so. No. So Voipik is Voices of Young People in Care. And I had a mentor in Voipik who wasn't a social worker. She wasn't a support worker. She didn't have any sort of title. She was just like a, a mentor, they called her. Um, and she was probably the best thing that, that happened to me. Um, this girl was like a volunteer, I think. Um, and we would have went to the cinema. We would have went for a walk. And that for me was was real really really impactful because it just took me out of that space i felt like i had obviously they had a responsibility for me but i felt like i had a friend i didn't really know how to speak to people my own age because no one my own age was going through the stuff that i was so i couldn't connect with them on a on a like a at any sort of level 
Um, but that person just coming and just showing an interest. Um, and I knew that they weren't being paid for what they did as well. I think that helped. Um, that really, really helped me just detach from the environment that I was in and, and just have a little bit of a break. And yeah, it was fun. It's interesting. I just find, you know, the fact you were saying, you know, she had no title, she wasn't paid and all the rest. So that, that, what I'm hearing is that almost removed all the other incentives for her to be there. You know, well, if you're not paid to be here and you're not being paid to be here, it's always go, why are you here? It's like, oh, you want to be here. Okay. That's, that's a game changer. Right, right there. Right. 100%. And I think that's, that's a big part of what, what we do today. You know, I don't work with anybody that I don't want to. So there's a, like a, I wouldn't say a stranger, but there is a process to get onto my program. And I do that for two reasons to save the person who is applying time because my program might not be for them and they might just want the personal trainer to get them in shape. And that's totally fine. And also to protect the people that I have. And lots of those people have their own stories. They have things that are going on in their life and they share very sensitive things inside of our group. And for me to bring somebody in who doesn't align with those values and who doesn't really take what we're doing seriously or doesn't, you know, it's, it might just not be for them, but they won't really benefit from it. Then, you know, I have a duty of care to them and anyone that I help now, it's, it's because I actually genuinely want to. So I think that, yeah, you just, you just sparked the thing in me. It's that was probably from that boy pick worker, you know, that, yeah. It's that desire for to be in your life um, to help you. That's, that's what's really important to me. That's a game changer, right? Isn't it? And someone to feel that they have, as you said, somebody on their side. They don't have to be. They're not a system. They're not trying to force you or override you or do whatever. They're actually working with you, right? That's, and that's, that's big in, in the sort of the coaching mentoring world. It's, you know, I'm not just coming here to be told. I'm, I'm coming here to, to understand and to be listened to, right? Yeah. I mean, lots of the things that we do is, so I have three main principles in, in terms of like how I help people develop and it's, I, I coach, guide and support them. I don't tell them what food to eat. I don't tell them when to eat. I don't tell them what exercises to do. They learn based off their experience. So we have a flexible diet approach where they get a recipe pack and a food list and a meal planner and stuff like that. And they use that as a guide. I don't say you have to eat X food at X time because those people won't learn anything from that. And once they leave the program, then they'll be right back to square one and they'll be like, oh, I don't know what to do now because they've been held by the hand. So it is a little bit more difficult for people starting out, but they're so much more thankful whenever they actually go, oh, I have taught myself something today. I've taught myself what a portion size looks like. I've taught myself what mobility exercise works for me um or whatever it may be like whatever area of their life that they're trying to improve so i think that that's massive and i don't tend to force anything on anybody i tend to let them work with me and they tell me what they need rather than me doing it so it's a lot of open-ended questions it's a lot of well what do you think about that it's a, you know getting them to kind of almost coach themselves in a way um we call it the power question. So we, we literally have a list 
of questions that we would maybe ask someone. So if they go, boom, I would fire a power question at them. And it's like, it's that internalization that so many people are so busy with the, the external stresses of life or their kids or their family or whatever it may be that they don't internalize things and they, they're so reactive. So we, we help them find peace within themselves to be able to be in the best possible position to deal with anything that happens in life. That's quite something, isn't it? I mean, the fact that sometimes you got to go back or you got to do the foundation work to be able to move forward, right? Because so many people just want that quick win. They just want to lose that pound, do whatever, right? But the problem is fundamentally they've not transformed. They've not changed internally, right? No, it's a, it comes back to the classic kind of photo shoot. You know, client goes in, six-week shred, does a photo shoot, and a really, really strict diet, you know, coming into work and they've got bags under their eyes. And, the, you know, then they do that photo shoot. And the first thing they go buy is a packet of donuts. You know, it's like you haven't learned anything. You've been in the shape of your life, but you felt like shit. So what is the win here? You know, what, what have you gained from that? A couple of nice photos. Whereas I would like to do, I have taken clients through photo shoots before, but we look at the after after, right? So you have the, the before and then the after, which is obviously the photo shoot. And we look the after after. So how can we then bring you back up to a level where in a kind of controlled manner where you feel that you're getting your energy back, you're managing your sleep, you're managing your stress, you're, you're doing all the things and ticking all the boxes so that you can say, yes, I did a photo shoot, but I'm still on track. Yeah. So. Isn't it funny? Because I mean, that, like the human ego wants, wants the photo shoot, right? They want, <laughs> they want the picture and they want the, the quick win and all the rest. But then in this game of you versus you, you realize it's got to be, that's motivational, inspirational, that's great, but it's not transformational. So it's, it's, it's getting clients on board, right? Because how do you get that? How do you, you know, what's in the par question that decides that somebody is, they're not after just the quick win, they're after the long-term game changer? I think we're, we're conditioned in the fitness industry to look good. And one of the things we do is we, we I just keep asking why. It's like, okay, I want to lose weight. I'm like, okay, why? It's like, well, you know, I'm going on holiday and, you know, I've got six weeks to get in, in the best shape of my life. And I was like, okay, well, why do you, why do you want to get in shape for going on holiday? Well, I just want to feel confident in, you know, taking my top off on a beach and things like that. I was like, okay, well, why is that so important to you? Well, whenever I was younger, it was kind of like the, the, the bigger kid and, you know, people made fun of me because I had a pot belly and I didn't really do well PE and, you know, it's always been something that I've struggled with. And I'm like, okay, well, how does that make you feel now? It's like, well, I kind of feel a little bit ashamed of, of where I'm at. And you just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And then they start to realize that it's so much bigger than just losing 10, 12, 14, whatever it may be, pounds. It's actually there. Once you get them to realize that they've got something deeper inside them that they need to deal with, then losing the weight is easy and and then those days that they feel shit and those days that they don't want to do it i'm like okay remember the conversation we had where you said that you felt ashamed and you hate the way you look and you don't want your kids you, you know you don't want your kids to look at you that way you want to be able to run after your grandkids whatever it may be that's why you're doing what you're doing and then they're like ah the penny drops and they stay on track so it's almost like finding that north star for and everybody has it everybody has it it might be a little bit hard to dig for for other for some people but once you get to that root cause and that root reason you can transform anybody's life 
don't care if you're a business owner or a single mom or you know whatever it may be you everybody has that driving force within them that they subconsciously do what the things that they do every day some of them might be unhealthy so it's about finding that switch what i mean for you are, are, are you or your clients are you more pain driven or pleasure driven a lot of people that come on to the program are pain driven because that's all they've known you know they're they're in a place where they they hate themselves um and i know that that's strong but that's just the basis on the the kind of dialect that they're using but we get them to a point where we get them to see the possibilities and we include that community aspect as well which helps them see the possibilities so then they get to a point where they've hit one goal right so they come on and be like i i want to do x y and z it's like okay we've done that and then we kind of look into the future and we go okay what's the next six months look for you look like for you you know and then because they know that they've achieved the thing that's been hurting them so much and we've got over that and not got over it but we've dealt with that then they start to generate that belief and they start to have that aura about them where the confidence levels go up the self esteem levels go up you know they're start to starting to bring their friends to the gym they're starting to go out for walks and nights out with their friends and whatever it may be and they're just a happier more fulfilled person it's having you know and is that all down to the to a why is that down to having that clarity that focus on the the future vision or the future potential or future capacity of what we are that's in pieces i mean some people like the future cast so so some people like to look at their perfect self and you know 3 6 9 12 months and go oh, okay i'm going to work to that you know so it's like it's um it's like run the marathon right so you set the date of the marathon which might be in a year's time or whatever and then you work back yeah so you set yourself milestones on okay i need to run x amount of miles in this time i need to do this strength whatever it may be and then you set those small goals so that people always know that the end is not too far away it might be a big thing but we're going to we have a plan of how to get there other people they they just love having people there that that care so everybody in the group they just they anybody that comes in i'm like okay i would love you to put a welcome message into the group describe who you are um and yeah you're excited to join the program something i don't like to put words in people's mouths but once they do that then they get instantly the feedback oh thank you so you you know you're glad to have you part of the program welcome blah blah and you'll get literally like 20 or 30 people coming back um so then their problems that they were dealing with are suddenly they're suddenly sort part of something bigger so people want to do well because they're being supported in a way so yes some people like to look into the future but some people also just thrive in that atmosphere and they just need that little bit of hope what's what's your niche scott what what can you do that really sets you apart or puts you in a unique position i help people see things about themselves that nobody else can that, that sorry i help people see things about themselves that they can't see for themselves so I guess that that comes from a lot of I couldn't see it about myself and everybody else could so I had to learn how to see that about myself um and that kind of taught me how to be 
a real good judge of character um, and see the potential and the possibility in, in, in people. I can kind of see through the, if you're a business person, I can kind of see through that, you know, most businessmen and, and women will have that kind of stern kind of exterior where, you know, they're used to being in those business meetings where they have to be on point. I can kind of see through that and get to the person. And once I can get to the person, I coach the person and the, the systems and, and the, the strategies and the tools and stuff that we use, they're all dynamic. They're all, they're all adaptable. So I guess what sets me apart is because I can see people and that's something that I guess came from, from my life experience and um, constantly watching. Um, and I think that people feel valued about that. I, feel, I think once you're, once you're straight with people, you're empathetic and, and you're able to actually show a genuine interest and are able to help those types of people. I think that it, it, it's more than any weight loss plan or any of that stuff like it's just it's so much more deeper than than that interesting i mean do, do you think those almost those habits that you formed over your those 18 years you know through through the foster care and through all your experiences i mean do, do you think those those habits will ever leave you as you say you're almost always looking over your shoulder you're always on hyper alert do you think that's something i suppose those traumas do you ever get resolution for them and then i suppose it's the same for your clients do do they get resolution i guess i i don't know if i'll get resolution but i'll get acceptance um which is which is good enough for me you know the things that happened in my life shaped who i was up until a point as i said like I, I, you know it drove me i didn't want to go back to where i was um and i always wanted to do better once you're able to flip that and you're able to see that you're doing things for yourself and not for a fear of something else, then that's when everything changes. Whenever you're operating from a place of prosperity, you know, you you see the potential in yourself. And that only comes through constant, in-depth, honest conversations with yourself. Once you're able to do that, then you know, it's 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 a good place to be, <laughs> but I guess that those things that have happened, I'll never forget. And some of my members, they'll, they'll never forget what has happened to them either. But knowing what has happened has happened for a reason. And also some things have happened for, for no reason. That's what's special. And understanding that there is people out there that are going through the same thing that want to help them that is what that's what we're all about you know and those people change and operate from a place of acceptance rather than you know a place of pain and it's 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 a nice feeling it's nice to be able to see someone change their life and sometimes understand what what has went on sometimes they will never understand what what, what went on and that's okay but it's it's developing an awareness of okay that's happened how does that impact my life now? Am I going to operate from a place of punishment or nourishment? Am I going to punish myself constantly for the things that have happened in my life? Or am I going to start nourishing myself, give myself some credit, understanding that there is a community out there that, that cares for me 
there's a coach out there that'll go to the ends of the earth to make sure that I'm okay. You know, am I going to take advantage of that or am I going to keep, you know, victimizing myself for, for what has happened? Which is what some, not all people, but, but many people, including myself for a long time. It was like, why me? Like, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. You know, nobody cares for me. And that's a dark place to be because um, you never you never really understand the situation fully. You're never really able to look at it from an outside of the box view because you're always still so in it. So once you're able to, to kind of detach from it and look at it and write it down or whatever it may be, like everything changes. Are you, are you clear on that, that transition and what either triggered that transition for you, that sort of pain, why me, all the rest, and then the transition to, well, why not me? And then responsibility for me. And then I get to do these things. I get to change. I get to live my life as opposed to this has happened to me and this has happened to me, right? So are you clear what's caused that changeover? Yeah, my daughter. That's it. You know, she was a turning point for for me. Um, there was a first couple of years of, of her life that I was not the best dad. Um, and I probably could have done more. So, so me and her, her mom, we broke up. And there was a period of my life where after that breakup, I was in a really dark place. And it was during those dark times that I just didn't, didn't know what to do. And I just started writing everything down. So I started writing down what had happened in my life, why I felt the way I did, why did no relationship ever work out for me? Why, you know, why why me and throughout that time of writing that down and I noticed that I was like why me like I I I and it was like really really in the past I was writing in the past and I was like why am I writing and living in the past so then I started to start on a new book so I don't have it it's not actually a book I don't I haven't written a book yet um but I started writing I am going to I am I am I am not this happened, this happened. So I just changed my writing. And once I could visually see it, then that's whenever it flipped. And I was like, I need to be the best father that I can because mine, yes, he loves me. Yes, he, you know, he had his flaws, but I never, ever, ever want Lexi to go through or feel the way I did when I was younger. And that's the turning point for me. So it's like, okay, what can I do today to improve my situation? So it could have been as small as at that time I was living in a flat um, in Newtonards and I had a big bump in the floor because the water pipe had broke and I, you know, I couldn't get it fixed. The landlord didn't care. So literally I was like today to improve my situation, I am going to put five pounds in my gas meter. That is it. That's what I'm going to do. That's how low I was. Like I had no food, but I was freezing. So I went, put gas in. That was like, okay, I feel better now. Tomorrow, I'm going to go for a walk. Tomorrow, The day after that, I'm going to do X. The day after that, and that slowly but surely, I built my resilience and I built my mindset to the point where I was, you know, Scrabble Tower and Ards? Yeah, I was running up that like twice a day. And I was like, you know, because that made me feel good. I felt empowered because I was like, I know nobody else is doing this right now. So I did crazy stuff. Um. And I changed that thinking and I was like, wow, if Lexi could see me now, if Lexi, you know, I would love Lexi to be here. Um, 
and ever since then, every everything has been about her. Everything that that I do, and helping people and having that impact on the on the world has, so she can look up to me and go, do you know what, Dad? I'm proud of you. One day, you know, whenever she's old enough and she understands what's going on, she'll see that I never give up. You know, I wanted to help people, and that's that's where everything changed. It took me a while to figure it out, but she's my driving force. Who who is your inspiration? Because I mean that that change, right? Because we don't always know how to get change, and this is this is what mentors are for. This is what you know people who are around us, either locally or globally or whatever, that inspire us. I mean, was there anyone that stood out for you at that time that really should have saying, well, this is what you know, this is how we start to change. This is the things we do, exceptional changes. You know, was there anyone in your life that did that? Um, yeah, so it was a couple of years, a couple of years before that. Um, I lived in a, it was called Supported Living. And there was this guy that moved in next door. Um, and he was from Canada. And I was, you know, asking him about Canada, what was it like and stuff like that. And he was doing like home improvements to that house. And we got talking and he just beca- became kind of like a friend. And then he started like giving me some tips on things to do to, to see things from a different perspective. Um, and his name is uh, Brian Muldoon. I don't know if you if you know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, that man is an absolute wizard at what he does. Um, and again, coming back to that void pick, it was a it was a person there that didn't have to be there. It's a person that let me into their home to help with the work. Um, it's a person that gave me time, sat out the back, you know, and just chatted about about life. And we're still friends today. Um, and I guess seeing where he had came from in his life. You know, he was very similar to me in, in terms of, you know, things that had happened in his childhood, which, which I won't go into. But I had seen that he was now renovating properties, doing really well, doing this kind of stuff. And he sparked something in me to, to understand that I could probably do that. And he showed an interest in me. And I guess that's what, that's who sticks out in my mind. Obviously, you've got the likes of like Jim Rome, Tony Robbins, you know, Jay Algerden, um, you know, all those kind of people that everybody knows of. But having that person there who who understood me and, and where I was, that that's what that's what I connected with. Um, you know, other than that, you know, it was just it was just believing in myself. I started to develop that belief that then became it started off with like I don't want to be in the position I'm in, so I need to do X, Y, and Z. And then it's obviously turned on its head now being like, I'm operating from a place now because I believe in my capabilities. I believe in the impact that I can have on people. And that's where I am at the minute. Like, I just love to help people. Like, I, I would do this for free. <laughs> you know, it's once you know why you're on this planet, that's it. And I, I don't care what anybody says. You know, I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. and I know. You know, I know the path that I'm on and I wouldn't do anything else. And whenever I get too old to be in the gym coaching people, then I'll still be coaching people in some aspect. You know, that's it's this is going to be me until until the end, I think. Do you think in, in hindsight that you you had to go through that, what you went through? Yeah, 100 percent. If I lived in like a nuclear family, 
everything was fine. You know, I'm thankful for what happened. I'm thankful for all the shit because it has helped me develop an understanding of not only myself, but other people. And yeah, it's, it's been shit. It's, you know, you get some funny looks, you know, but I'm thankful for it because I feel that I matured at a very young age and I understood life a lot better than other people. And because of that, I am a step ahead of most, most people at the minute. And I'm able to help the people who I feel really need it. Um, yeah, and that's what's special to me. So yes, I'm thankful for everything that has happened. Isn't that amazing? The fact and and to, to own your past, to accept your past, and because it is it is just that it's past tense, you know. It's but not only that is and to use that as a fuel to go forward because so many people don't. So many people drown in their past and their story and drown in what happened to them and all the rest. Right? You know, that's a game changer, isn't it? Crazy. I mean, yes, you're right. Some people some people dwell on the past and. By dwelling on it, I mean, like, that's all that they think about. And I understand 100% what they're going through because I, I was the exact same. Like, I saw no way out. I was just waiting for the next bad thing to happen. I just, I, I could not see any positives in my life for a period of time. And, yeah, I it, it is the people around me that, that got me through it. And it all comes back to those simple things of, Trusting in yourself, believing in, in other people that they, that they can help and they want to be in your life because they want to be. I mean, that's, that's if I could give anybody any advice to, to get out of that rut, it is just literally re- reach out to, to somebody and just have that vent, like, or even write it down. What I used to do was write it down. I hated what was on the paper. I hated what it was looking at. So I burnt it. But it was out of my head and it was onto paper. So it, it's kind of like that. I don't know. It's it's venting in a way that you just so many people they live in this chaos. They have constantly this drum kit playing in their head, where it might be like previous trauma or or stress or like I like anything. And that's just what we've been conditioned to think that we need to live like. And we don't. We don't, and people don't have that perspective. So they think that that's just the way their life is when it 100% does not need to be that way. And that's what I'm trying to coach. And that's why I'm trying to change the fitness industry. Do you think, I mean, you know, you were saying for yourself, I mean, going to the absolute extremes. I mean, you mentioned there sort of four times really sort of saying, tapping out and saying, listen, enough's enough. And as humans, do we almost need to go to that extreme to get that contrast that says, listen, here's the worst, all bets are off, clears the decks and says, right, that's it. And then you can just hope or is, is there another way, do you think? I don't think people need to go to that extreme. I think that the, the reason I got there was because I, yeah, it was such a prolonged period of time and there were such heavy things that, that were happening. But I think that you 100% don't need to go there. I think that if you put the plan in place early and you just start taking those little steps to to move yourself forward you know those small steps get you up a big mountain and 
what most people don't do, what sorry, what they do do is they, they focus a lot externally. So it's like, I'll hide what I'm feeling, but I'll go and on social media. I'll distract myself with going out and drinking. I'll go and take some drugs. I'll do this. I'll do that. And oftentimes that is just a distraction. That is just someone escaping from the reality of what is going on. But if you actually sit down and write it down, write down what you're feeling every single day. Like I have a, I have a journal. It's called, um, it's called mind journal. So it's basically, it's meant to be like a journal for men. I don't know what is the difference between men and women, but it's a very, very good journal. Um, and literally every day in the morning time, I'm like, how do I want to feel today? What do I need to do? Same questions as I used like years and years ago. What do I need to do today to move myself forward? Then at the end of the day, I check in with myself. Emotionally, I take two or three minutes just to go, okay, how did I feel today? Did I, was I in line today? Did, you know, those kind of things. And by doing that, I'm constantly understanding that I have my values. And then I have also these, these shadow values as well. So I can be confident, but I can also be anxious. I can be driven, but I can also be lazy. And it's like checking in constantly. And what most people that I've came in contact with is they don't check in with themselves. And they're so busy living that life of their work you know, whatever it may be that is going on, that all of a sudden it comes to head, they hit burnout, they don't feel that their life's worth living. And, you know, that things start to kind of go down that slippery path because they don't know then what the root cause is. They're like, oh, I've just been this way for years. I'm like, I, I get it. So I don't think you need to go to that extremes, but if you do go to that, if you do feel like you're going to that extreme, then it is 100% avoidable. That's, and that's such a, such a massive lesson, isn't it? Because, you know, I think even when people go through this, this is not, it's not a, it's never one and done. It's like, ah, okay. I've been through that experience, learned it, tick, done. That's me. You know, I took the red pill and away we go. Right. Cause it's, it's always going to be a game of, you know, some days you're going to wake up and you're going to feel anxious. Some days you're going to wake up and you're not going to feel motivated. Right. You know, so it's understanding that you need to have a script or you need to have a pattern or a habit or a behavior that says in the days that I'm not feeling it, we lean on that, you know, and there's the days that I am feeling it, then I can be, be grateful. I can journal it. I can, you know, really step forward. Right. Um, yes, I'm no. So the, the days that you're feeling unmotivated, the days that you're feeling shit, the days that you don't want to get out of bed, the days that, that you feel that stress and that pressure, we, we think that we have to do something. We think that we have to fix the problem. When sometimes we just don't. Sometimes we just be. Sometimes we just let ourselves be in a bad mood. Sometimes we just let ourselves be angry and accept that emotion. Sometimes there's no reason behind it. But if there is a reason behind it, obviously we need to be in the best possible position to be able to deal with it. So lots of people think that negative and positive emotions so if i'm happy i'm positive i'm angry i'm negative i'm you know and we attach this stigma it's just it is literally a feeling is just a feeling and a feeling only has control over you if you put action to it right so i feel shit today so i'm not going to do anything um i'm not doing anything i feel like i've missed out i feel like i haven't ticked the box 
I feel like I've had a really bad day and then that turns into a really bad week. So it starts to spiral, right? So it all starts with our thoughts. Um, most of the time, sometimes we just wake up in a shit mood. I do it all the time. But um, having that, that thing that you do every day or like three, four times a week, whatever it may be. Like for me, it's sea swimming. For me, like my, my job can be quite um, busy. It can be quite emotionally draining sometimes. So for me, I need to have those little circuit breakers. I started calling them circuit breakers after COVID. Um, I need to have those things in my life to, to reinvigorate me and to, to do things for me. And that self-care is, is, is not selfish. Um, and that's what, what's what most people think. You know, oh, I, can't, I can't go to the gym that, at that time because I have to look after the kids. I'm like, well, what's your husband doing? Oh, he's sitting watching TV. I'm like, well you know, let's go, come on, you know, it's, you need to put yourself first sometimes, so you can re-emerge yourself in that situation, and be the best, best possible version of yourself, for everybody around you. What is that, as you said, it's that decision to, the old adage of, you know, put on your own life jacket first, right, you know, it's to believe in yourself, motivate yourself, do it for you, and then you can then inspire others, as opposed to filling your, you know, filling up other people from a half-empty cup yourself. Exactly, I mean, I have a, a diagram on the Band Don't Break program where it's like a cup and we have the water going in the cup and we've got lots of little holes coming out of the cup. So those little holes at the bottom is like work, um, family, the things, all the things that are stressing you out. And once that kind of runs out and you're not constantly topping it up with, you know, improving your body, improving your mindset, you know, taking time for you, like getting your sleep, hydrating, whatever it may be, you have nothing to give and that is that's where you hit rock bottom when you your loved ones are sitting looking at you being like can we go to do this and you're like oh can't that's whenever you know that you need to do something you know so we need those things we need to we need to take that time to ourselves like there was a point where i was working seven days a week in the gym from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. and I got a lunch when I could, you know, because I wanted to, to get as help as many people as I, I could. And there came a point where I burnt out. I started, I just had a breakdown in the car park. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. So it was at that time where I put in systems where I have a, you know, some days I don't start until later. Some days I have a break time, you know, I have a lunch, I have a dinner, you know. And I take the weekends off for my daughter because that was that was the turning point where she was like daddy why are you in work all the time and i was like boom you know that's you have to put yourself first or else you're not worth anything to anyone and i, I don't mean that in a yeah you, know, you don't have any energy to give to anybody and then that makes you feel shit so how do you think we've come about to that that you know people are not you know that there was some and i don't know how true it is but people were sort of saying you know, in terms of, of um, you know, a dose of medication, if you've got to take a tablet for 14 days, there's a higher chance that you will make sure that your cat gets the medication than you will do it for yourself, right? Which, and that's the thing. People are so busy seeing, kind of serving other people, but then yet they just dismiss themselves. How, how did that come about, do you think? From my, from my point of view, I think it's just people, some people are just genuinely caring. And they, they just want to help other people. 
and in the busyness and the, and the thing of, of helping other people, then they, they, they forget to help themselves, you know, especially like people who are really maternal, you know, they, they'll do, they'll run the kids to school, they'll do, the, you know, whatever. And they have a mad schedule. Um, I don't really know the exact point of like when the turning point was, but it, but it needs to change. It, 100%. Like, for me, it took a long time for me to figure it out. So I was like, if I'm not in the gym 24-7 helping that person, if that person can't get booked in, they're going to leave. Um, if that person doesn't feel that they're getting the service that they need, you know, then they're, they're not going to feel valued. And I guess that's just me trying to help people. And I needed to go, okay, I needed to really take a step back and go, I need to, I need to do something for me. And, you know, I don't know. It's, some people just don't get it until it's pointed out to them, I think. You know, it's a dumb thing. And it might be generational. You know, you might see people, their mom always cooking the dinner, bathing the kids, whatever it may be. And I think it just might come down from generation to generation to the point where that's what we think we need to do. We need to look after people before ourselves. And it's quite the opposite. You like yourself? You love yourself? I love myself. I do. I do. Um, and that's something that I'm proud to say. Um, there's aspects of me that I don't like, but they're the things I work on every day, you know, as well as the strong points of myself. You know, if you don't, you're not true to yourself. Once you can accept yourself and love yourself, then you can accept and love other people. That's massive, isn't it? So many people don't get that. They just don't get it. Yeah, and it's every everything that I that I every member that I come in contact with, I always say it starts with you. Everything starts with you. Once you see your capabilities, once you see your true self, and not that mask that so many of us hide behind, that's whenever real change starts, because you change the narrative, you change how you see yourself. And how you see the world. So it's it all starts with you. And you have to do that work. You have to have those honest, honest conversations. And that's the hardest bit of self-development is developing yourself. That's that's the hardest bit of it because for so many years you you will tell yourself stories about who you are, who you think you are, you tell other people, you know, what your interests are and what you know. Sometimes they're not true, you know? So like, that's one of the most important bits of self-development that I do all the time. I, I try to stay true to myself. I don't try to be anybody that I'm not. I'm 100% authentic with both the people around me and myself. And that, that is, it, it's unbelievably true, isn't it? Because everyone is searching out the next course, the next book, the next mentor, the next whatever, right? And they're sort of going, yeah, I'm going to all these things and just nothing's quite worked yet. And you're like going, what's the common denominator here? You. Yeah. Yeah. It comes down to that analogy. You can buy that, that book that one person will read it and make a pound or make nothing off. And another person will read it and make a million pound off. You know, you have to implement what is true to you and figure out what your values are. We actually did a training on that a few weeks ago. Like, what are your core values? 
And that was monumental for people to actually figure out not their true identity, but what they're truly capable of. You know, people, well, yes, I think that people don't understand their identity because we're not taught this in school. We're not taught about, I think that I may get this wrong, the LGBTQ plus community. I think they're, they're doing the best job of it at the minute. You know, figuring out who they are, why they are the way they are, you know, not why they are the way they are, but, you know, who they truly are as a person. You know, um, we have a member who just did a, a massive thing for, for an awareness week. And those kids are owning who they are. You know, whenever like 10, 20, 30 years ago, it would have been like, oh, hide it. And they're embracing it. They're embracing who they are. And I think that everybody needs to do it. Everybody needs to figure out exactly who they are so that they know exactly what the hell they're doing in life. Otherwise, they're just doing the, the, what's needed to be done. And that's no, it's no way of living, in my, in my opinion. It's true, isn't it? You know, it's just, I don't know, we, we're, we're so busy playing roles. And you, interesting, you talked about that, you know, the, through your own experience, the role of how do I get through this situation? What do I need to be at this situation? And, you know, so the, the obvious one is, well, how about just being you? And it's like, but yeah, but that's, that's not going to allow me to survive. I need to be something else. And I get it, especially in traumatic situations, and it happens so often. People need to be a different version of themselves, and there's part of them locked away. But then there is also a time when, listen, you know, that's a lot of baggage. The carry around two, three, four, 20 versions of you, um, you know, who you are with your friends, who you are at work, who you are, who you are at home when nobody else is there. You know, they're all different versions of you, right? That's, it's exhausting. It's almost like, well, yeah, it's almost like lying. You know, you you tell a lie and then you have to lie to cover up the lie. And then, you know, so you, it's a lot. It's very, very draining. But I also think that people are very afraid of showing who they truly are or, you know, think of, scared of of even going down that road because they they're scared of what they might find or or something i'm not sure i know whenever i did it i was i was freaking out i was like oh god like what am i gonna find and when i did that hard work um the the peace that it's given me because i know that i put myself in situations now that i want to be in I know that if I'm in negative situations, I know that being myself will get me out of them and I have a clear conscience. I don't need to think too much. I just kind of speak. Um, and it's just very liberating to know who you are, why you're doing what you're doing and, and you know, the life that you want to live. Do you, I mean, the people around you, do you, you know, do they get this as well? Do, do people get you, do you, do you think? Oh God, I don't know. People think I'm a bit crazy, but um, yeah. I think a lot of people around me take inspiration. You know, they see, they see this big, traumatic, emotional roller coaster of a life, and they're, you know, they always say that I'm a success and, and and things like that. I don't really see it like that, but that's what the people around me see, and if that's what they need to be inspired, and I'm fine, I'm fine with that. But most people, like. I have no problems talk, talking to a stranger in the street. I have no problems going into and talking at an event. I have no problems, you know, just 
being me in any situation. And yeah, people say that whenever I walk into a room, the lights turn on. Because <laughs> I've just, I've got that confidence, I've got that aura, and I've got that that willing and that want to just connect with people. And you mentioned earlier, I mean, what what are you clear? You said, you, you know, it, it's all down to your potential. What is your potential? Do you know? Who knows? Who knows until you ask yourself that question? You know, it differs with everybody and, and your potential and, and your version of success and, and et cetera, et cetera, it could be totally different to mine. And that's okay. But if you give yourself the chance to improve your life in the way that you want to, that's you, that's you living to your potential. That's you, that's you improving your life. That's you leveling up. I mean, what, what is it there? Is, is it down to making a decision? Is it down to deciding to change? What, what is, you know, what's the fundamental question to ask yourself? I think it's down to perspective, you know, and not being blinded by this nine to five way of, of going about life. It's, you know, I think COVID, COVID had a big impact on the world, especially in the fitness industry. I mean, lots of people before then were, were looking at the physique and, and stuff like that, whereas now it's more of a health-focused approach. And with that health-focused approach, people are starting to understand how they're feeling. And once they're understanding why they're, what they're feeling, they're able to understand their thoughts a lot more. So you'll see that, just to give you an example, a lot of people aren't going into the office now, or they are going into the office. You've got like, kind of that polar kind of, some people love it, some people hate it. And... That's the first step. People understand that their environment shapes the the person that they are and the, the the feelings that they feel. So if I'm stuck at home all day and I'm working, you know, and then I'm eating dinner at the same table um, and I'm doing all that kind of stuff, then I can feel quite claustrophobic. So then I've developed the awareness that I, that situation and that environment isn't good for me. So I need to change it. So it's that little small step. So then that then has amplified to the people that come on to my program that they've learned something about themselves over the, the coronavirus pandemic, you know? So yeah, it, it all comes down to changing your perspective. And I mean, as I said, my own personal experience is, is Lexi and my, my, you know, my child, she changed my perspective. I'm like, I'm a father. I have to, I have to do, something for her to look up to me and go do you know what i'm proud of you it was actually um my ex-partner she had said in the car one day she was like scott you, you know you're like an entrepreneur a father you know business owner an ex and i was like no i'm not I'm, I'm just me and it's like okay yeah i'm me but i'm also and it's that kind of switch you know and i was like oh god look like look how much I've done look how much we've helped people and that is like as now I see the potential in myself so I guess it's different people giving you different perspectives different experiences in life and I think you you will come to that point in your life you will if you surround yourself with that that kind of way of thinking and that way of living that's when you start asking yourself those types of questions for you I mean what's What's your non-negotiables in life? Do you, do you have non-negotiables or? 100%. <laughs> so I journal every day. 
mm-hmm. non-negotiable. Don't care if I'm running late for work, non-negotiable. And got to a point now where I'm like, sorry, I'm going to be late. And my members usually know that. Um, I go for my sea swims. I exercise. Um, I make sure and try my best to eat as well as I can. Um, but I'm human as well. Some people think that coaches are these superheroes that only eat chicken and rice. No, I eat Domino's. Um, I give myself a break when I need it. I understand if I'm feeling rubbish, I need to dive deep into that. Sometimes I'll come to the conclusion that I'm just feeling the way I'm feeling because I am. But I know that if I let that spiral and I know that I go to not a good place. My non-negotiables as well is just making sure that I give myself a break sometimes. I know that it's like I'm going to give myself those breaks, but to, to sit back, have quality time with my daughter and and I mean quality time in the in the fact of there's no phones, there is no anything. We will take the dog out for a walk and we will just chat rubbish and we'll get an ice cream and it'll be great. For me, that's what fulfills me. And if I if I don't have those things in my life, if I miss a sea swim, if I, you know, don't spend time with Lexi or, you know, I, I don't cover one of those bases, then it's like, I don't know. Can you do, can you compare it to an addiction? Like you feel that you've missed something or you've, you know, something's not right. Um so that's that's what I do. Like you have to you have to do those things for yourself and you have to set those boundaries. Because if you don't set those boundaries for yourself, how are you going to set those boundaries in any other area of your life? I think Anna, Anna's really struck there by the fact, you know, it's when you feel that you're not quite right, when you feel that something's going on, it might just be just having a crappy day or else actually having the strength or the the experience or the reflection to sit and, and really sort of question yourself why. Because it's, it's counterintuitive, right? Normally it's going fear, I'll cover it up, I'll snap at somebody, I'll hide it with drugs, drink, alcohol, sex, whatever. Um, as opposed to sort of going, no, let's let's dig into this. It's it's counterintuitive. Our body doesn't want to. Our ego doesn't want to, right? Because it doesn't want to be found out. But yet it is a thing to do. Well, our ego's there to protect us. You know, it all comes up to that. You know, if I want to speak at an event, am I am I nervous about the event, or am I nervous about standing up on stage and and people looking at me while I'm talking, or am I going to trip over the lead, or am I going to you know whatever it may be? Like once you your ego, your ego is a good thing because it keeps you in, in tune. But you have to be honest. And if you're honest, then you become unbreakable because you know you're sticking true to yourself. You, you're doing what you do because you want to. You're, you know, and your loved ones, they pick up on it. You know, um, you know people are constantly on their phones, on social media, scrolling seeing these boats and cars and clothes and money and whatever, and they're constantly being consumed by this crap, you know? So for me, I was stuck in that rut for a long time. I would have literally stood in the kitchen on my phone, scrolling social media, 
I, I, nothing was going in. It was just like aimlessly scrolling. But once I then created that connection that I was aimlessly scrolling, I was able to stop it. So developing that awareness, being honest, and always staying true to yourself, that's what's going to keep you focused. It's what's going to keep you aligned to, to whatever you want to do. I mean, if you were to summarize your core values or your soul values, what would they be? I want to be a leader. So I want to lead people. And I mean, I don't mean that in, a, in an egotistical way. I want to show people that there is another way of life. There is another way of thinking. There is a, a higher possibility. And I want to be able to communicate with people and help people communicate with others in a way that actually not triggers the response, but gets your message across. Yeah. And I want people to, well, talking about my own values, I value my health and fitness. I value my body. I value, you know, what I put into my body and I value my sleep. I love sleep. Yeah. Um, and I think family, family is a big one for me. Um, and yeah, my, my business is a, is a massive value because it's not a business isn't a, it's not a job. It's, it's an extension of me. It's, it's who I am. It's, it's what I believe in. It's, it's my mission and helping change the way people think. Is, is amazing so my values are, are very very simple so powerful and having simple values is key right you know it doesn't need to be overly complicated like you know fitness regimes or anything else it's, it just needs to be genuine it needs to be correct for you and not in itself is key what's what's a bit of a guilty pleasure for scott oh god um cheesecake i love cheesecake if you if you rocked up with a mint arrow cheesecake, you would get a lifetime access to Band Don't Break in all of our sessions. Time <laughs> telling it, it is my Achilles heel, I swear. I can eat one in one go. Nice, nice. Like it. And for leisure and pleasure, what what is what is what do we see Scott doing for that? I mean, I, I go to the gym, I take the dog out for a walk, um, I take Laxi out. Um I go for my sea swims, like the, the cold water is unbelievable. Um, I would head up a mountain. Um, that's my idea of fun. That's me time. I like me time. Are you, I mean, what's, where do you sit? I mean, for some people pressures for diamonds and other people pressures, just bad planning. Where, where, where would we find you? I don't know. I can kind of thrive in both. I, I have every intention to plan my day and, you know, make sure that everything's, uh, but I, I kind of love it. I kind of love the, the craziness and, and busyness. And yeah, I think that Scott, 10 years ago, if you had applied all this stress, or impress on, stress and pressure on me, I would have crumbled. I would have been like, oh, I, I just got to throw the head up, bury my head in the sand. Whereas now I, I'm in the best possible position to be able to deal with that. And I think that I love it. I love being busy. Might be the undiagnosed ADHD coming back, but um, yeah, I love being busy. I love, I love always doing something. Can't sit down for too long. So tell me, I mean, if you were then to try and summarize your fire in your belly in one or two words, Scott, what would they be? Ambitious. I'm an ambitious and 
determined. Powerful. I love it. I love it. Tell us, where can people learn more about you? Where can they find you, track you down, hunt you down, stalk you, any of the above? So Instagram, it is at Ben Don't Break Coach. Um, Facebook, it is Scott McGimsey. Um, LinkedIn, Scott McGimsey. Um, and that's all my socials. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll tell you, is there a, a final message you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Is there something you would encourage them to do? Whatever you're going through right now, whatever you perceive to be the path going forward, and if you feel that there is no way out, there is always someone there who will listen. There is always someone there who wants to help you. And all you need to do is reach out, speak up, even if it's just a, an emoji on a story or a whatever it may be for you to generate a conversation with somebody, that person will be out there to help you. So please, please, please reach out. Scott, it's wonderful. I appreciate you coming along today. I appreciate you sharing so much that you have. I know there's a lot more information on your website and uh, I suspect there's going to be more. There could be books and other things out there. So um, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. So well done and thank you. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Until the next time. Thank you. See you soon. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. Do you know, this really wouldn't be possible without a great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, oh boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.